glad that you're here this fine Mother's Day morning. You know, uh, I, I'm sure you get tired of this too. I get tired of people being disparaging about our country. Don't you get tired of that? I love our country. We do so many great things in this country, and, and we're so blessed, and I think we need to spend time on that. And today is one of the things that we do as a country that's very, very valuable. We recognize Mother's Day. And uh, how many mothers here? Would you raise your hand? Wow. We're glad that you're here. We're going to be talking about you really bad. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, we're going to be talking about you this morning and uh, a little bit. And uh, we are so thankful for you. Uh, man, I tell you, being a mother is a, is a tough gig, I guess. And I, I, I read about it and all. And, uh, but, uh, you know, you wear a lot of hats and you do a lot of things. I mean, you're called uh, uh, many titles. I mean, chauffeurs, uh, uh, your nurses, your cooks. Well, sometimes your cooks. And, uh, you know, and, and you're called uh, wives, and you're called mothers. But, you know, the Bible, who, who kind of originated all this stuff, in chapter 2 of verse 18 of the book of Genesis, calls you helpers. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a wonderful title. Uh, I recommend, you know, there was a video that I, that I was going to show you this morning that your new pastor said will offend you, so I'm not going to show it. And, uh, but I'm going to talk about it, though. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, we just come off a 2,500-mile trip. And you know what I was blessed with? I had my little helper in the car. And my little helper in the car, I mean, she even tells me when the light changes. How would I know that? Except I have my little helper in the car. I mean, you know, she even tells me where to turn. I mean, it's so wonderful. I, I, I probably would be driving into mountains, you know, if it wasn't for my little helper in the car. You know, God has given this to us. I mean, it's amazing. And, and it, it's amazing, I'm sure you husbands, you're back there, you're, you're trying to be as, as calm as possible because you know I'm, I'm giving the truth here and all. Uh, it's amazing how when you drive how that they respond to things and you know I mean they have all kinds of hand motions and you know this kind of stuff and on and uh, I remember uh, it actually happened uh, we were driving down the road and my, my wife sleeps in the car and it's good for both of us it's a, not a bad thing it's not a bad thing her sleeping is you say well preacher what is the secret of your marriage she sleeps in the car I mean, because when she don't sleep in the car, it's not really a pleasant thing. I, we were driving down the road, and she was sleeping in the car, and all of a sudden, I hit, I hit a bump of the road. And I got this, a hand came out, and she said, are you all right? Do you want me to drive? Yeah, that's what I want, you know. So, so, it's, you know, I know you guys, I know you're trying to be stoic on this because you know I'm flat out telling the truth right now. I mean, I'm preaching right now to y'all. But uh, so if you want to get a better look at this, you look at Tim Hawkins on his little helper in the car. When I saw that, I mean, it was, it just, it just, uh, it, it spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? But, but anyway, so you're helpers, and we're so glad that you are. We're thankful that you're here. 
Uh, you know, you always try to, I, I'm always looking for things that will help me better define whatever the subject matter is I'm dealing with. And generally, it's very much like computers. If you you really want to figure out computers, go to probably an eight-year-old. You know, and they can help you figure out how to operate, particularly if your cell phone. You want to figure your cell phone out. Oh, forgot to mention. Let me just throw this in. 2,500 miles. The last 11 hours, we picked up my oldest daughter. She is a little helper on steroids. <laughs> yes. And so I had a little helper in the back seat and a little helper in the front seat. I had lots of help. There was no way I wouldn't make it here on time. I mean, it, just, it was going that way. But anyway, anyway, so I was trying to figure out how could I better define motherhood, or who could I talk to, uh, what could I watch, who could I read. So I decided I got this material from a second grader. They're trying to figure out what mothers were all about. And let me just give you a few of here. Why did God make mothers? The second grader said this, mostly to clean house. How did God make mothers? God made my mom just like, like he made me. He just used bigger parts. That was a good one. Uh, but uh, Oh, here's a good one. What kind of little girl was your mom? Here's what he said. I don't know because I wasn't there. But my guess was she's pretty bossy. Do I have an amen? Oh, here's a good one. Why did your mom marry your dad? My grandma says that my mom didn't have her thinking cap on. <laughs> and this is for your mom's last one. What does your mom or, what does your mom do in her spare time? And he said, mothers don't have spare time. That's pretty right, isn't it? Okay. Look at the book of James, if you would, please. And as you're turning to the book of James, to you that take notes, I know you're getting ready to go to cardiac arrest because if you look at your outline, where it says point two is going to actually be the conclusion. So if you, if you start taking notes and all of a sudden it's not going the way you think it ought to go, just, just hang in there. We're going, to get, we're going to fill the blanks in. Some of you A personalities, it's amazing. I see you out there, and we don't get all the blanks filled in, and you kind of have the shakes, you know. I thought, I, think, I thought you were getting in the spirit. But actually, you were just getting really nervous about not getting the outline filled out. So go ahead. You'll switch it around for you. Look at the book of James. And I want to kind of give a general message this morning dealing certainly with mothers, but fathers, children. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, as we approach this, uh, uh, this coming summer, and as you heard Pastor Hardy said, there's some exciting things going on here. Uh, it's always been the case, and you know, a lot of ministries, when they reach the summer, it's kind of like called the summer slump. It's sunshine, we have the summer hump. I mean, we, we don't mess around in the summer, we don't, you know, say, uh, you know we, don't, we don't pull back. In fact, in the summers, when things really get geared up, and you know, our, our, inter, our summer interns are here, there's all kinds of Bible clubs and trips and things going on, an opportunity for service. And so the summer is a wonderful time to serve the Lord. And I encourage you, if you're a guest at Sunshine this morning, you have walked into a place that's active, that's excited about the things of God, that has taken the Great Commission to heart. They really, and they actually, this is going to be profound, they actually believe the Bible. What a concept. You know, I found the Bible helps my Christianity. Am I going too fast? 
James chapter 4, we're a familiar por uh, portion of Scripture. Uh, look at verse 14. Whereas you know not what should be on the bar, for what is your life? You know, uh, this is a, a, a provoking question. It's a question that whether you're a mother or father or whatever you happen to be this morning, uh, child, this is a question that really it's important that we don't simply blow it off, that we don't simply say, well, you know, it's for another time. You know, life, one thing I found about life is life is very fragile. Handle it with care. And I think it's very important, this gift that God has given to us, life. And what a wonderful thing it is. And I don't know about you, but I, I enjoy being alive. Don't y'all? Do <laughs> you enjoy being dead? Is that a biggie for you? Anyway, but I enjoy being alive, and, and I realize that this life that God has given to us, these 24-hour increments that I live at, these minutes and seconds that God has so precious given to me and, and to invest and to use for his honor and glory and to enjoy. He's asking me a very pertinent question. What is your life? And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we live our life in such a way that things are going to always be, that things will never change. And yet change is very much a part of our life because we all need to change because if you don't need to change, that means you're perfect. And as I look around this morning, I don't see y'all. I don't say that. We're all strugglers, aren't we? We're all moving forward. And so, in fact, the Bible says the verse before that, he says, go to now you that say, verse 13, tomorrow, today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. And what he's saying, you know, because things are the way they are now, they're going to always be. That's not necessarily true. Uh, and, and so we need to understand that, that we need to handle this life that God has given to us with care and, and realize that it's a, it's a, he wants us to use it properly and joyfully. What is your life? This morning, uh, as a mother, if there, I could give you one piece of advice, let me give it to you in verse 15. The Bible says, for that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this and that. And what he's actually saying here in this particular scripture, he's saying you need to consider God in your life. You need to consider God in your life. It, it, you know, I realize this kind of a worn out thing, what would Jesus do? You know, I can tell you exactly what Jesus would do. It's right here. You know, you don't have to wonder, oh, I wonder what Jesus would do. When, when someone tells me that or says that to me, I'm wondering, are you not reading the Word of God? Uh, one of the things I've found over these last week or so as God is doing a little transition in our life and things are kind of being kind of uh, moving in all kinds of different directions, it's, it's been interesting to me that Scripture that God has brought into my heart and life that, that I've always known, but, but now I find it takes on new meaning because of how I need to use it in my life. It, it, the Scripture is for you to use. That, that's why it's written. It's not simply written for you to memorize. I think it's wonderful that you memorize Scripture, but that, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of the Scripture is to use it, is to apply it. You've heard me say this before. That, you know, Someone says, well, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. That's not true. It's the application of truth that will set you free. Uh, just knowing this book will not change you, but this book will change you if you apply it to your heart and your life. This is a, a living book. This is a life-changing book. What an exciting thing this morning to realize that in the confusion that we call life and the world that we're living in that's so devastating today, it's wonderful that there is an anchor, if you will, and it's called the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God. And so the question this morning we have to ask, what is your life? 
I know that we don't really like to face that because we have to be introspective. We have to look at others. I would rather straighten Carol Monroe out. And for 21 years I've tried. Just didn't work. Hey, not everybody, you can't win them all. You know what I'm saying? No, Carol. <laughs> I know God, you're going to get me for it. I got it, okay? <laughs> but, but anyway, but, but I, I think it's very important this morning because whatever rest of my life I have and whatever the rest of your life you have, I want to make a difference. I believe God is placed here not to simply occupy. Our, our, we're here to, to challenge this world and to talk, to deal with this world and to help this world. We're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So this morning... Mothers, fathers, children, what is, is your life? Three things real quick this morning. The Bible says, one of the points I'm going to give you is your life is an investment. Your life is an investment. That's something that you do. Uh, to invest means you have something of value. Motherhood. If you're a mother, what great value. I know we're living in a world that sometimes devalues that. They sometimes think, well, you're really a successful uh, lady. You're, you're successful in, in a career and things of this nature. And, and a career is fine. And, and a mother that's working, there's nothing wrong with mothers working. In fact, I'm trying to get my wife a job. <laughs> Particularly now, you know what I'm saying? And uh, but so there's nothing wrong with, uh, with uh, wives working, with mothers working. All i got to say to you is this, man, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. How you work. And a mother, man, you talk about multitasking. It's amazing the things that you have to do and the things you are doing. And, and, but I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's difficult. Men, you got to vacuum the floors. you got to wash. No, you can't do that. That's too much. But uh, I think you got to, you know, you got to be a part of this thing. So it, what I'm saying to you this morning is that life is an investment. It's something you do. You've got a choice. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 24, uh, you know that no man can serve two masters. You're going to love one or hate the other. In other words, you're going to make a decision. You're going to sow Satan's program, which is time, or God's program, which is eternity. And I think it's very important to understand that that's something you can do. You can invest your life in things that are going to count and things that are going to matter. Have you ever spent time doing something that was a waste of time? Yeah, it does. You know, have you ever gone through a day and wondered, what in the world happened today? I believe that you serve God intentionally. I think when it comes to being what God would have you to be, I think it's important that you understand you can do that. It's something you can do. The Bible says be doers of the word and not hearers only. I think it's, you need to realize that, that as a life that God's given you, rather than, than feeling sorry for yourself or rather than trying to simply take up time, you need to, you need to realize this life that you have is a valuable thing. And God has given it to you to make a difference in this world. And the question you've got to ask yourself, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to invest my life? And so you have an investment. As a mother this morning, you are of great value. And interesting, the investment that you can make. So life is an investment. Number two, life is an influence. That's something you are. Whether you like it or not, your life affects other people. It's just the way it is. Uh, our oldest daughter, both our daughters are here. They both have said this. They'll do things and say, I've seen my mom do that. 
<laughs> it's just so, because, because of the influence. It's a, whether you like it or not, you have an influence. Uh, whether you're even aware of it or not, you have an influence. And I, I think it's important to realize that, that God has given that to you. And I heard someone say one time, someday, somewhere, I shall see what my life is meant to those that have watched me live. God has given you influence. He is, he is, this is a part of, of this makeup we call life. And I think we need to realize that because sometimes we can start thinking, well, we don't really count or we don't really matter, but that's not true. That is not true. Your life is an influence. Your life does matter. The last thing this morning we see about life, life is an opportunity. That's something you have. Wow. Sunshine Baptist Church has got a tremendous opportunity in this future. It's amazing to me what I believe God is going to do in this ministry. I'm so grateful and thankful for the years that the opportunity I've had the last 21 years plus years to be a part of this. I'm so thankful for over 23 years I've had to be a part of Pastor Hardy's, Mrs. Hardy's life. You all know him fairly well. I know him real well, too well. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> But I'll tell you, I can tell you this about this new pastor you have, one of the most godly men I know. I believe God has placed him where he is here. And he has an opportunity. And you have an opportunity. And I challenge you to understand that and to realize that in that opportunity, you need to redeem the time. In the book of Deuteronomy, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want to read this to you. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Look at verse... Uh, here he is. Verse uh, 19. You got it? Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're talking about opportunity you have. Here, here is it. I call, verse 19, chapter 30, Deuteronomy. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life. Now, <clears throat> you have freedom to choose. But what you don't understand is that when you make a choice, there are consequences. And the choice you may have made is a good choice. But even with that, there are consequences. And we see if, when you finish up that scripture, he says this, that both thou and thy seed may live. I think it's important to understand this morning when it comes to this life. This life is not a gift from me to you. This life is a gift to you from God. Because God is the author of life. And I think it's important to understand this morning that he puts this before you. And what he's saying here, you know, I, I put this before you, I've set this before your life. There's both blessings and cursings, and there's both death and life. 
uh, the, the decision, the choice, if you will, is your decision. You get a chance to make the decision. This morning, you may have walked in this morning, and, and you hear us talking about God and, and, and the things of God, and you're not really equating real well with that because you're not really, not really sure about your eternity. And You, know, you may be a, a good person, and you may basically even be a religious person, but uh, if you were asked the question, if you would die right now, where would you spend eternity? You're not really sure about that. And so this morning, the thing that, that I want to encourage you, just like the scripture of Deuteronomy said, that God has set before us life. If there's one thing that we all have in common this morning is that we're alive. And when, they, when I die and they lay me in the casket, do not come by and say, doesn't he look natural? <laughs> and, don't, and he looks so good. <laughs> don't say that. Say it. Man, that guy looks dead. I'll be laying there, and I'll hear you go, do you hear what I said before? Now that would cause the service to get some going on. You know what I'm saying? The thing that I encourage you this morning, I, I just so want to, to impress you with the responsibility that you have because it's so easy to kind of slough it off or, you know, people say, well, I've got time to waste. I don't have any time to waste. If i got time, I'm going to work it to death. Uh, God has given this very precious thing, and I don't know how, how much longer I'm going to be here. And, and Well, I do know how much I'll be here. But, but, but well, I mean, I think it may not be true either. But the thing that I encourage this morning, and let me give it real quick, three things about life, which is your first of your outline. I'm going to tell you. Verse 14 tells us this, life is short. The Bible says that, James was saying in verse 14, that if life kind of appears for a little while and then vanishes away, it's like a vapor. You, you all know that's true, don't you? It just seems like yesterday. We were doing things, we're young. Of course, life is short. I think it's important to be aware of that. Uh, and I don't care. And, 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 and hey, you know, I'm for doing as much vitamins and all that kind of stuff. We're all into all that kind of stuff and all. But the reality is that life is short, no matter what. The second thing is this, that death is sure. Hebrews 9.27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die. But after this, is done. it's appointed. There's no question about it. That, that we have an appointment. It's an appointment that you will keep. There's no way around it. And the last thing is this, judgment is certain. Romans 14, 12 says, so then every one of us shall give an account of ourselves to God. This morning, as you've walked in here, and I, I know many of you have come because your mother wanted you to come, good for you. You finally made a right choice, you know. I think it's wonderful. And you moms that are here, thank you so much for you and for your influence and, and for your investment and for the opportunity that you seized. You know, it's not easy doing what you're doing. And a lot, a lot of times folks don't understand what you're doing. And, uh, uh, and, and sometimes you don't understand what you're doing. But you know God has trusted you with, with these little ones. So you be thankful and grateful for them. But I can tell you this, one thing that's so very important when it comes to this life that we're living 
if, you, if God is in your life, He's there on purpose. If He's in your life, He's there on purpose. And this morning, uh, the, the heartbeat of this ministry, and we believe the heartbeat of our Savior, is that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why He came. He didn't come to build buildings and establish organizations. The church is not an organization, it's an organism. It's a living, breathing thing. And this morning, the question I ask you, if you would die this morning, do you know for sure heaven be your home? And if you did die, and you went to, to wherever the place you're going to go to check in, and he says, Jesus is there. And he says, why should I let you into my heaven? That may be what's being asked. But if he did ask the question, like we know he knows all things, but if he did ask the question, what would you tell him? Well, I've, I've been in church, or, you know, I remember a day I was baptized, or, uh, you know, I, I do the best I can. But, yeah, but the question is this, you know, all those things are things you do. What has he done in your life? I, I hear what you're doing, but God's not impressed with what I'm doing. God's impressed with what his son did. When he died there on Calvary, he didn't die there because it was a religious thing to do. He died there on Calvary because he is the way. He's not a way. He is the way. And so this morning, if you've not received him, this, you, you don't have that assurance in your heart that, well, you know, I'm doing the best I can. The best you can is not enough. And so this morning, my encouragement to you, if you've not received the Lord as your personal Savior, you don't have that assurance in your heart. When I ask the question, if you, if you would die where you'd go to heaven, if your answer was, I hope so, that's a no-so. No. And so this morning, I encourage you, to accept the Lord. How do I do that? Well, you got to first of all understand who you are. For all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. God says that, that uh, no matter who you are this morning, we all are short of the glory of God. The Bible says, but God commended or gave his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you just like you are. And how could he possibly do that? Because he loves you. Wow. He goes on, he says, the Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Salvation is a gift. God is the giver. We're the receivers. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. 